You are listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you discover what's wrong with your business, then show you how to fix it. I'm your host, Donald Miller. The problem with your company is probably the fact that not everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing, and zero people will tell you they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. None of your employees are going to admit that. What you and I need, then, is a system. We need a system to be able to explain to people what their job is and even decide what that job is. And then we need a system of routine meetings in which they are affirmed and encouraged and roadblocks are removed. It's called management and execution. It's going to allow you to grow your company. And without it, I don't think you're going to be able to grow it past where it is. My guest today is from in-house Tim Schur. Tim was the very first person I hired at this company. Basically, he was a project manager, but since then has worn a million hats. Now he is our vice president of talent management and culture. He is responsible for getting people in the door, the right people in the room, in the right position to help the company win. I call him the Billy Bean of business. And if you know what I'm talking about, Billy Bean managed the Oakland A's, and he was just a savant at getting the right people on that team. The movie Moneyball is about Billy Bean. Tim is that guy. He has figured out management and execution, and we're going to talk about it because I think it's a system that you can duplicate inside your company to get everybody on the same page, working in the same direction so that the team can win. So here is my conversation with Tim Schurer, coaching you through everything you need to do to get your business working like a well-oiled machine. Tim, welcome to the show. Oh, so great to be here. This you and I've awesome. been doing this for going on 10 years. Right. Do you remember in the days, it was so hard to figure out what our priorities were, who was supposed to be doing what. Do you remember those days and how do they feel to you? There's a big difference running a company with two, three people and one that has 30. I, I should also say there are very few people who could stay on staff. A lot of people work themselves out of a job because they're great at managing two and three, project managing. I want to say congratulations to you for, <laughs> for evolving into the person who is going from managing projects to managing 30 people, usually a very different skill set. We have had to learn and grow as the company's grown because our problems are different than they used to be. Yeah. So it's simpler to manage a single project, but what do you do when there's several dozen projects happening simultaneously, several dozen people in the mix, and everyone looking for clarity on what their role is, and then how the whole machine functions. You have more spinning plates than ever before. And so you either can go down a path where you're just constantly overwhelmed, or you start to figure out these systems and processes that allow people not only to have more clarity in their role, but also to get to the point where they're not perpetually frustrated and overwhelmed all the time. And this system helps, but we've evolved and we've grown into it. So we're not just talking about productivity. We're also talking about retention. Absolutely. Because people will leave yes. if they are just frustrated and they don't know what their job is and they don't know what winning looks like. Yeah. And what's interesting is not much else has to change aside from just a leader saying, hey, guys, this is actually more clear than you might think. So it's this simple check-in to show people what their priorities actually are, even though this exists in a lot of different companies. They just don't have the management system to actually show them how clear the priorities actually are. And so these people are, are overwhelmed and frustrated by it when all it takes is to list all of their priorities out on a single sheet of paper, check back in regularly about those priorities, right? It's this simple stuff, but if you don't have it in a system, it just feels like chaos. Well, let's describe that system. We're going to reverse engineer the system from one critical meeting, and it only happens 
four yes. times a year. But it does happen with each department head and each member of their team. But it is the quarterly performance review. And you told me, Don, the quarterly performance review is the key to the whole system. Tell us, one, what is a quarterly performance review? What gets covered in it? And why is it the key to the whole system? Over the weekend, I'm watching this awesome documentary on HBO, Belichick and Saban. So Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, two coaches who have won more games than you know, pretty much anybody <laughs> yeah. on the NFL side and on the college football side. What's interesting about this documentary is these two coaches, legendary coaches, are meeting every single year and they share something in common, which is this philosophy, do your job. They install that in their team. Everybody has to do their it's, job. It's a mantra. Yeah. At Alabama, it's on the wall. Do your job. So what does do your job look like from their perspective? And what has to be true in order for people to know what their job is? Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, you, you start reverse engineering the words do your job and you realize you're going to need a system. Yes. And so in that system, the, the roles and responsibilities are clearly defined. Yeah. There is no guessing. It is not assumed. It's clearly defined. Everyone knows what is expected of them. In the entire company? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and even on the field, right? That, that's what it's talking about in this documentary, but the same is true in business. Everyone has to know their role. If everyone's going to do their job, they have to know what their job is. And who defines it? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. And Nick Saban. I, I, I watched that same documentary, and I'm remembering now a scene, I think it was Belichick, who went to a couple of his players and said, look, I'm going to want to put you in the game. But here in practice, when I don't see you doing your job, I don't have a lot of confidence that I can put you in the game. So do your job. And I just thought, wow, that's pretty simple. Yes, it has to be clearly defined. And then if everyone does their job, the, the beauty of teamwork is when everyone is playing their role and that all culminates into something really amazing happening, winning. Yeah. Right? <laughs> over and over and over and over. Exactly. It's winning on a play, which ultimately could, you know, help them in a particular quarter and then the game. And I think the same is true in business. If we're not showing people what winning looks like each and every day, they then can't you know, effectively do their job in that week, that month, that quarter, that year. Everyone doing their job is a way that, that we get them achieving success in teams. And so this performance review that we do four times a year, why I love this meeting so much is it gives everybody extreme clarity on exactly what is expected of them and it's something that is not a conversation that only happens four times a year. What we're about to talk about is how we're kind of having a performance review every single week with every single team member. All right, Tim, there's a tool that you're using in these quarterly performance reviews. And I've, I've seen it. It is so unbelievably simple. It's just five blank lines. And each of those five blank lines represent one of the five priorities that this person has been assigned. Is that right? Yes. That's one thing. You've got to actually know what are the five most important things for this person to do. And they change. Like when one project is finished, they've got to come up with another one or whoever has to come up with another. So that's one thing. But in the meeting, talk to me about what directs the conversation and how it's directed around these five priorities. So we list each of the five priorities. And what's important about that is that these priorities are tied into the company's priorities as well. These right. aren't just things that we leave up to the person to just define for themselves. No, 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 no. We are more strategic than that. This actually starts and with the company And let's stop priorities. there. So you're right. This is the key to the whole thing. But because their five priorities have to tie into the company priorities, you have this other worksheet that was filled out. And that's, we, we just call it around here, a one-pager. 
And it starts with the three priorities of the company. Yes. So ours, for example, 30,000 people in our online platform, 900 story brand certified guides, 500 business made simple coaches all by January 1 of 2023. They are are numeric. They are specific. Now, everybody's five priorities has to somehow feed into the three priorities of the company. So there's a different worksheet in which you're figuring out the priorities of the company. Now, their five priorities, each individual person has to feed into three priorities, which I think should be economic priorities, numeric, measurable priorities. And they have to feed into that. Is that right? Absolutely. And and you brought up a really good point. Each of these priorities are time-bound, measurable, and specific. You have to have extreme clarity. So it isn't just do great customer service. No. (laughs) No. It's 95% customer satisfaction score by the end of this quarter, right? At the end of the quarter, we're sitting in that performance review, and we're all able to see in black and white, did we accomplish the goal or did we not because of that extreme clarity? And I'll tell you, if you are trying to create these priorities for yourself for the first time, you're going to want to stop at do great customer service. Right. But that's not enough. it's just so much easier to not have to do the thinking and measure something. Let's start with great customer service. What does that look like? What is the time-bound, measurable, specific version of that? Which may, for some people listening, say, oh my gosh, we have to measure our customer service success. Like, yes. how, like now you're going to get into Zendesk and tickets and yes. automated surveys and those things like that, which all improve the performance of your engine. And one thing we love to say around here, and this came from Doug Kime, who's a president of ours for a long time. He used to say, professionals love to be measured. Amateurs, Amateurs do don't. not. <laughs> exactly. So, so you might want to just be able to say, do great customer service and be done with it. Okay, cool. I kind of did it. But no, 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 no. We need to know with extreme clarity if you accomplish that goal or not. So time-bound, measurable, specific for each of those five priorities, those five personal priorities are folding into the, the overall company priorities. And like you described, we have three at our company. So after you're talking through that, what I also really appreciate about this worksheet and about this meeting is there's a section next to each of those priorities that's about expectations. Did you not meet expectations? Did you meet it or did you exceed it? There's a tendency at a lot of companies and performance reviews to not actually be honest with one another. They want to avoid the conflict. And what I've tried to do in creating the worksheet this way is force ourselves to have to have the conversation at least every quarter. And so what we do in advance of this performance review is we actually have the employee fill out the entire worksheet themselves. So that's what's great is, as I, as a leader, am preparing for this meeting, I'm able to look at their self-review, and if they've marked that they've exceeded an expectation, I have the ability to bring my perspective to it and then say, well, I actually feel like they didn't meet it, and they think that you know, they've exceeded it. We've got something to talk well, about Well, another reason to have really specific expectations. So if you have something like, you know, I averaged uh, editing three videos per day, over the last 90 days, well, now you've got a numeric number that you can say, did you meet it? Did you? And if you didn't, right, what do you do, Tim? What, what do you do in that conversation if they were supposed to, you know, create this many videos for social media, but they didn't do it? What, what do you say in that conversation? How do you handle that? I think you get into, hey, walk me through this, because there's clearly a discrepancy here between what my expectations were and what you felt like you did. So walk me through how you feel like you've exceeded expectations because 
if you were to ask my score on that, I would actually say that you're not meeting expectations. Let's actually engage in this conversation together. Tim, I know that we, we, we don't often have those complicated conversations anymore. You know, I always think of it as a jury. If you're talking to a jury of peers uh, and the jury has to decide whether or not you did your job. Well, if you say something like made customers happy, you can spin a jury, mm-hmm. right? But if you say, I responded to all customer service tickets within 25 minutes, you can't spin the jury. You either did it or you didn't do it. So when we're talking about specific. It's, it's got to be something that is just black and white. You either did it or you didn't. Is that right? Yeah, people are fine with a little bit of ambiguity, but often these performance reviews are directly connected to their compensation. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a second. People don't like ambiguity in that. And so we learned over time and us doing dozens of these performance reviews and having these conversations that if your goals and the priorities are too subjective, that just sets everyone up to fail. Because now all of a sudden you're setting yourself up to have a conversation where you're not on the same page. And we just found that as we continue to evolve this process to the the level that we're using it today, those priorities and those conversations are not as subjective as they used to be. We have the ability, because it's in black and white, to be able to agree, we said 95%. Was it that or not? You can't have too many opinions there. It's either true or it's not true. And so as you can imagine, I mean, this is true in most cases. There's some exceptions to this rule, but more and more, we just want to be very black and white so there is no confusion. Because, yeah, we, we don't want you messing around with their performance review, and people don't want you messing around with their comp. So right. you have to be objective in all of this and as clear as possible. What do you do when, say, they're not doing as well? Do you ever change those priorities? Do you ever give them advice on how to hit those? What do you do when they clearly need some improvement? Yes, there is a section at the bottom of this performance review called Next Opportunities. And one thing that we value so much at this company is development. We are all learning and growing. Yeah. And, and I have found that there is no silver bullet in business. The silver bullet is continuous improvement. Wow. So if we are not improving each and every day, we're, we're not heading towards success. And so we focus as much about what can we do better, taking all of the experience and everything that we know and have learned How can we take that to set ourselves up for success the next time we sit down and have this conversation? And you make that clear to the person when you talk. Absolutely. Here's where I think you need to develop and here's what we, here's where we can help you. We're totally rooting you on. Yes. So on and so on. Yeah. And so much of our job as leaders is to remove blockers from people. So sometimes maybe the reason why the goal wasn't hit was because of something that they were blocked by. And, And now it's my job to identify that through the conversation, Right. Because we're asking, hey, walk me through how you felt like you exceeded expectations and maybe how I'm not feeling that that is the same score that I would have given you. Right. You, you know a little bit more of the story and maybe you learned through that conversation they were blocked by something or there was another factor. What can I now do as a leader to really empower them to do their best work and for us to get on the same page on exactly what is expected of them? What does do your job look like <laughs> for us? Mean, right? right. Now, if you do your job and you do great, it opens up a bonus in, in the compensation package. That is covered in the fourth of the quarterly reviews, right? The fourth of the quarterly reviews, you're sitting down and you're saying, okay, how much of your bonus is unlocked? I think it's a genius bonus structure that we've created. And I think everybody listening should know about it because if you're wondering how do you do Christmas bonuses, how much should you give to people? You know, there's a, there's a point when your company's growing when that can be discretionary. 
But at some point, the owner's sitting around going, ah, I think they deserve this. You know, it creates some tension and it creates some, it's, there's too much nuance in it and people don't feel like they are in control of their jobs. How do you handle, and how do we as a company, if you'll explain, how do we handle bonus compensation based on performance? Yeah, so we have two camps of people. We, would, we have some who are really commission focused. So that would be your sales team people. So there, there is no additional bonus that those team members right. get. They're in control the of their the own year. salary anyway. And, and they're, they're on a pay for performance throughout the entire year. That's how their comp is structured. So then you have your other group, which is going to be more of your you know, flat salary plus a potential end of your bonus. That is contingent on the success of the company. So we set a couple different revenue goals. This is how we do it. We set a couple revenue goals and we say, if we hit X, you are eligible for up to 3%. And the, the key there is the word eligible. Yes. So if, we, if the entire company hits X, it opens up a potential bonus for- Up to- Up yeah. to 3%. Correct. And that's based on that individual's performance. Now, now, how do you, because it does get nuanced, I would imagine, you say, look, you were supposed to make 174 widgets this year. Mm -hmm. You made 137 widgets. Mm -hmm. Do they get 2% of their, and by the way, the percentage is a percentage of their salary. Correct. So do they get 2% of their salary? How, how do you come to that conclusion? Yeah, this is where it gets a little yeah, it gets trickier. A little, at yeah. some point, it's got to be nuanced, right? Yes, it does. But I feel like we're trying to give people as much clarity as we can leading up to that. Yeah. So when you get to your Q4 performance review, you probably know exactly where you're going to fall. If we've done our job right as leaders, we've been having that conversation throughout the entire year. So what's interesting about these performance reviews is, and I think this is an important point, there's five priorities and you have some people who are just going to want to put exceeded expectations on all of them, right. right? If you're exceeding expectations on all of them, I feel like the goals probably aren't big enough, <laughs> right? <laughs> like if you're sandbagging this thing, sure. just so that at the end of the year, it looks like you're exceeding all the expectations. I think it's also our job as leaders, as we're defining those priorities, we can't just let them be so easy. We also have to set it up to where somebody has to challenge and grow and evolve, continuous improvement. They have to engage in that throughout the year to have a really meaningful goal. So when I look at a performance review, I, I think you really only have the capacity for maybe two, one or two of these things to really be exceeding expectations. Hmm. And then you're, you're meeting expectations on the others, but let's just pick out at the beginning of the quarter which are the ones that we're really going to go for on, on this one? What we're looking for here is for people to have the potential to really make the greatest impact on the business in their individual role. So at the end of the year, you know, kind of going back to your question around how do you define if they're getting a 3% bonus or 2% or, or, or more, that's really what we're looking at is this culmination of all their other performance reviews. Have they had a track record of really showing up prepared for their work each and every week? Are they exceeding expectations on the goals that you've set? Are, are these goals ambitious and they're still exceeding them? Like, that's all in the recipe when it comes to comp at the end of the year. And so we talked about if the company hits revenue X, they're eligible for up to 3%. But there is also a scenario where the company would set a little bit more of an aggressive financial goal. So at the end of the year, rather than you know X, we, they actually hit a, an even higher revenue goal of Y everybody's going to be eligible for what we call up to 5%.
And that's a little bit more in that exceeding expectations type role. Well, the whole company exceeded expectations, so you get to participate in that. Exactly. Now, I, I should say, I want to repeat again, it's 3 to 5% or 1% to 5% of their salary, not of profit or anything like that. Yes. It's their salary, and they know before that fourth quarter meeting about how well they're doing going into mm-hmm. it. And what I really like about that whole um, year-to-date number, they're getting a bonus based off of that. Well, you might have team members that started with you in the middle of the year. And so I'm all about fairness. Just because they've only been with the company for six months doesn't mean that they've not contributed in some way. It actually perfectly prorates. Yeah, 3 to 5% of whatever they've been paid that, that year. Year to date, exactly. So yeah. I think that's really important because everybody then can participate in the bonus structure at the end of the year, even if they show up later than the first of the year. Well, Tim, it, it has worked tremendously well. And I should say, this quarterly performance review is one of five meetings that we recommend as part of a management and execution system. We will get into it because you and I are doing a live stream. Yes. And we're going to go through all five meetings. The live stream is on October 21st. Listen, if you have just beat your head against the wall about how to run a management execution system, we have solved the problem. You need to be a Business Made Simple platform member. So go to businessmadesimple.com. It's 275 bucks. You get all of our on-demand courses, plus you get a monthly live stream, including every other month, a Q&A from me where you can ask whatever questions that you want. You just go to businessmadesimple.com and register, and on October 21st, you get to see me and Tim. These are the five meetings that we are going to go over in the live stream. It's an all-staff meeting. Yes. That's meeting number one, and that's a there's a specific run of show for that all-staff meeting that we'll get into. Then there's a director's meeting. So the, the directors of your different departments uh, attend this meeting. Then they have daily stand-ups. Now, these are 15-minute standing meetings. They run very, very quickly. And then there are weekly quick meetings with each member of your team. So it's like a performance review, but it's happening much quicker. And then there are the quarterly performance reviews. Now, Tim, what do you say to everybody who just said, there is no way I'm installing all those meetings in our system. It sounds like too many meetings. Well, we have found that the amount of rework that we were doing because of us not communicating well you know, with one another, we were seeing more and more rework, which is frustrating. It's not productive. So by creating the structure and following it, we have found that we actually have fewer meetings than we used to. So these are the meetings to replace all meetings. This is actually <laughs> the stuff that you need to make yeah, sure that I, everyone's you know, on track. As far as I can tell, in the last two years since we've been running this, the only other meeting that I ever have is what we call a war room meeting, where we say, you know, we're going to launch a book. So we need a war room meeting on our strategy to launch that book. That's it. Tim, this is incredibly helpful. Thanks for coming in. Absolutely. We'll have Tim back on many, many times, and he's going to be live on that live stream. You know, at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. The main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. Today's plan of action is pretty simple. Even if you don't attend the live stream, I think if you just take 30 minutes to an hour and you sit down and you you just decide a couple things, really two things. One is, what are the three economic priorities, measurable priorities of this company? What what are the three things? Now, there may be 10, but I want to know the top three. What are they? Secondly, and this is a little rabbit trail, why aren't those three priorities in your mission statement? Put them in your mission statement. I love this formula for a mission statement. We will accomplish X by X because of X. 
we will accomplish one, two, and three by such and such date because every customer deserves uh, the attention they need or whatever that is. Those are the three priorities. Okay, so, so now that you've got those, go through every member of your team, especially if you have a small team, and just say, you know, based on their skill set and their job description, what they do, what are the five things that they need to be focusing on right now that directly affect those three priorities? What are they? And then meet with them, let them know what they are, fill out the worksheet with them, meet with them once a quarter to review those priorities. If you just do that, I think you're about 75% on your way to having created an efficient and productive machine. If you just do that, two things. What are the three priorities of the company? What are the five priorities of every person working in this company to affect those three priorities? That is your coaching plan of action today. Install that and your machine is going to run a lot more smoothly. All right. If you want to know more, if this has been a problem for you, October 21st at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time, Tim and I will be back in long form on video and you can download all of our worksheets. We are giving you our entire management and execution system. All of those worksheets you can fill out. Just go to businessmadesimple.com and become a platform member today. That's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where every week we help you discover a little something that's wrong with your business, but then we show you how to fix it. See you next week.